everybody has a story. Some stories are just so exciting to hear. And there are some other stories that are so sad. But do you ever wonder if your story is worth sharing? If your story was important? Well, the awesome thing about God is that he is the author of your story. And he is creating in you such a great story that not only does it need to be shared, but he wants us to share it because it actually will help to inspire people. Well, that is definitely the the case with my guest. She's an author. Her name is Mitzi Hanna. And her life has been handled by God in such a an amazing way that when you hear her story, you will not only be inspired by the hand of God, but you will be excited to see what God has next for her. So thank you so much, Mitzi. Thank you for coming on Touched by Prayer. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. This is, I have to tell you now, Mitzi and I actually met when we went to see um, our friend, David Hayes, AKA Praying Medic. He was doing the Sid Roth taping. So that's where we actually met. And the the funny thing is, is for some reason, I kind of got detoured. So I got there later and Mitzi and I sat at the same table together, correct? That's right. <laughs> and God had a purpose for that because we started to, to kind of talk and we kind of share and we kind of started to connect, but see, and, and it was so great because I really didn't know anything about Mitzi except for, I know that, um, when Dave was talking about traveling in the spirit, he kind of brought Mitzi up to, to share some of her stories because you have some incredible stories and I definitely want to talk about some of those, perhaps this show, if not this show, definitely you're coming back. (laughs) But oh, okay. <laughs> but what? Um, but what was so interesting is that, see, your story, your story that you have is so incredible that God sat us at that table to start that little bit of a connection, so you could come on here to share it. Mm-hmm. That's truly how I feel. Yeah, I agree. So why don't you talk about like let Let's first go back to when did you have your first like serious God encounter? Well, I think it's kind of funny that I didn't have one sooner, but I was um, 17 and I had left home at 15 years old. And um, at this point, my life had gone from bad to worse and I was homeless and um, life was just really, really tough for me. And for the first time, I remember praying and, like, trying to connect with God to see if He was real. And so, as I sat on the beach, I lived in Florida at the time, um, and I was so hungry and so destitute, and I just looked up at the night sky, at the stars, and I said, God, if you're real, I really need to have a conversation with you, and and we need to get to know each other because I'm desperate. (laughs) And, of course, as as it often is the case, people wait until they're desperate. But um, during I talked to him the whole night until the sun came up, and I told God, um, you know, I told him all the injustices that had happened in my life, but I did something else. I told him the injustices that I had caused on other people and that I was sorry. And so I asked him if I could have just the basics of food and shelter and um, if he would just lead me to take care of that matter. And immediately, somehow, I had the answer of what I needed to do next, and that was my first real encounter with God that made him real to me. 
So might I ask, what was the first thing that God kind of told you to do to take care of business? Well, he, um, he, he, he put it in my mind. I had been trying to think of, like, what can I do to remedy this? And the whole time I had been trying to fix everything all by myself. And so he, he put it in my mind to give my grandparents a phone call to ask them if I could come live with them. And um, so I called them, and they were so happy for me to make that phone call. And in my mind, I thought I was going to be rejected. So immediately things were turning around in a different way. Now, were your grandparents, um, were they um, religious or spiritual in any way, shape, or form? Um, well, my grandmother, my grandparents lived on a farm in Tennessee, and um, my grandmother belonged to the Worldwide Church of God, and she was very faithful in observing um, the the doctrine that they taught. And my mother had been raised that way, and I had been born into that church as a child. But um, my father was not, and my grandfather was not a member of it. So we had a bit of a division, so I got to see both sides of things. Interesting. So when you went to Tennessee, what did, did things start to get better? And things did get better. I was, um, I was seven months pregnant with my son. And, um, well, actually, I think I was about four months pregnant when we got there. But um, things did begin to turn around. My, my husband that I was married to got a job. And he was holding a job, and um, my grandparents were feeding us, and um, life was just wonderful. I loved being there in the country. Yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, change for me. So then, okay, so that was your first God encounter. Now, when did you actually get filled with the Holy Spirit, or did you get filled with the Holy Spirit on the beach in Florida? Um, no, I did not then. Um, I'll, I'll tell you um, a little bit of backstory before that. Um so I had my son, and we were pretty broke, and my husband had a habit of not coming home, and maybe sometimes for days, and I was desperate for food for me, but also for uh, formula for my child. He was um, pretty young, maybe about six months, and so that was one of the other times that I really bared myself before God, and I said, you know, I've I've gotten myself in a, into a lot of situations, but my child doesn't deserve to hurt this way. I said, God, please do something and provide us with food, especially baby formula. Well, um, I had two ounces of milk in the bottle, and every time I went to feed him, I was just nervous about it being empty and him being hungry. But every time I fed him for three days, the milk did not go down, but he was satisfied. And then I got a knock on the door on the third day, and it was some uh, country people from a little church that brought me a box of food and baby formula, and I had not told anybody about the circumstances, so that was really exciting. Okay, so wait. And, so mm-hmm. I, I just have to stop you for one second. So, so basically, God sustained the formula, and he just kept he did. replenishing it. For three days. For three days. He is awesome. He is so awesome. And, you know, and what was really interesting, too, was when they brought the baby formula, while they were sitting there, and I had my box of food and the baby formula, and my son um, took his bottle, then it emptied, and it never emptied those three days. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I thought that was really cool. (laughs) That is very... Were you surprised by that? 
Like, did you I know scripture? Did you know scripture and about like the fishes and the loaves and, or was that just like, wait, I, <laughs> what's going on? Well, it was, it was desperation, but I definitely knew scripture. Okay. Um, and I read the Bible every day. So, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, he was growing my faith. Well, and, and th- what's so cool is, you know, we, we hear about like the oil, you know, the oil replenish and the fishes and loaves, but, mm-hmm. but for God to do something so intimate, so meaningful for you, like that is awesome. I just think that's, that's a very, that, that just shows his faithfulness and also his love for, for mothers and for children and how he worries about them. So, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really awesome. And plus, um, just that little testimony got around to a lot of people. People would say, I want to meet you because God did a miracle for you. You know, and I was probably, I guess I was only 18 or 19 then. Well, so now let me ask you a question. Did these church people who brought you the the formula, did they realize that the formula was was replenishing by itself? Or did you... Because it, how did p- people respond to that or, or receive that? Because, you know, people well, sometimes are yeah. skeptical. <laughs> yeah, when I told them, uh, no, they definitely believed me. Um, they knew that my situation was pretty, um, pretty rough. <laughs> and uh, and they watched the milk empty, you know, while they were there. And they could just tell by my reaction. I was so surprised. Wow. Um, yeah, they took it. No, they believed it. Yeah, they believed me. So now, did you start going to that church because of that act of, of kindness? kindness? Um, well, I went to church with my grandmother, mm-hmm. and um, I stayed in church until I was 35 years old. And that church had a, a big falling away. They did a split, which I guess is common in churches. And um, for me, because I had been born into it, even though I'd walked away as a teen and came back by 19 or 20, um, I just felt like everything I had been taught, I started to question it, like, what is the truth? Um, you know, because I was taught to keep the Jewish holy days. I never ate pork. Um, you know, just the, everything in the Old Testament. Um, the Sabbath, I kept the Sabbath strictly from Friday to Saturday sundown. And um, so as I began to understand that I didn't have to do that to please God, it really shook me up and made me just walk away from everything for a while. Now, did you, did you come to that realization or did you actually, was that like you heard it or you were taught that? Like, when did you get that, that epiphany of, wait a second, I don't, I don't have to follow the law you know, that doesn't make me righteous, but through Christ, I'm righteous. So when did, when did that shift happen? Um, Well, that shift really took a lot of years for me. It didn't happen um, immediately, but we had um, a new leader in our church who came forward and said, you know, we've got this wrong. Um, There's so much more and we haven't understood it until now. And, um, so when when he did that, which is very unusual, because this was a, a church that was worldwide, and um, it was international, and, you know, they knew they were taking a big risk with saying that. But And the church split up in so many different directions, and my family was in leadership in the church. And um, I was the only one who said, I agree with them. I think there's so much more. And my parents, uh, my, my mother and my grandmother, uh, 
they did not. And my uncles and my brother, um, it took a lot of years for everybody to sort it out. But um, for me, I just had to walk away. I was just too confused. And that's all I'd ever known. So I, I just walked away. So you actually, did you walk away from God or did you just walk away from the, the church atmosphere? Well, I thought I was walking away just from the church atmosphere, but in reality, I walked all the way away from God because um, when I look back, I didn't do it intentionally, but I um, I had never really been a, a part of the world. I know that may sound strange, but all my friends had always been the church people. And so I lived a very sheltered life, and um, when I started mingling with people from every background, I quickly found myself, even though I'd had a rough teenage years, I, I knew life could be very rough. It wasn't that, but I just, I still thought people were basically good, you know, and, and I just got lost in discovering people and humanity, I guess. Well, I think that kind of happens with, um, with, uh, teenagers, young teenagers who, you know, leave the, the confines of their home. They leave high school. They go to a college where they start to see and to hear different ideas and different thoughts. And it starts to make them question. I think a lot of people, when they come out of what they were immersed in and they're put into mm-hmm. something so new, it, it, it's just like it's when you try food for the first you know, different types of food. You want to try everything, not realizing even if it's good for you, but you want to try it. So it, that's, I, I can understand. Plus there was something was in it, you know, I'm sure there was some hurts because of all the, you know, the problems that happened in the church and the, and the, the, you know, the confusion and the disconnection that was happening too. Um, absolutely. And, um, so what happened to me was because I didn't really know where I fit in, in my family. Um, number one, there was some feeling of rejection there for me. And, um, number two, I didn't know how to fit into the world. Um, but because of my, my, um, difficult childhood that I had, um, I had some pain that was inside of me that had not been dealt with. And it kind of propelled me in a direction that I had no idea I would be walking into. And um, so I got involved in some witchcraft stuff, um, working in the psychic field. Um, I took 10 years of training um, as working as a psychic and um, got real involved with just that kind of atmosphere and for me it was it was very innocent in the sense that i as a child had the ability to know things before they happened or to have some kind of um like now i would term it word of knowledge or seer ability but as a child and growing up i thought everybody had that i did not know that it was something very few people had or even understood so as I developed my psychic abilities, um, I just thought that that was a, a wonderful thing. Well, it was something that was are, in you, you know, uh-huh. and, and that that so, you know, is it, such a confirmation because I always feel that like the gifts that God gives us, we get at birth. So and that's why a lot of people like yourself, 
you know, they have this ability to understand things, to know things before they happen, to have a word of knowledge, to see something in their, with their spiritual eyes, to understand something, to sense something. But when they go to the church, there really wasn't a lot of that around. Mm-hmm. No, and absolutely not um, in the church that I was in. Um, the gifts weren't. In fact, I didn't know the Holy Spirit was real. <laughs> really? Which, okay. Yeah, we we were not taught that at all. So, um, so as I got deep into the spirit world, and my life began to unravel because you don't go into that without there being repercussions. And and there just were. It just happens. Um, I got very sick. I thought I was actually going to die. The doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with me. And um, it was just like my energy was being drained from from my body. And um, but I I just couldn't understand because I I would work out at the gym. I would eat healthy. I was getting enough sleep. Everything seemed, you know, that I could control seemed perfectly normal. But it, it just wasn't. And um, I just kept getting sicker and sicker, and and then you know just um, bad things begin to happen. Um, my oldest son developed schizophrenia, and um, now, it was like just one now, one blow after another that kind of brought me down to my knees again. Okay, so let me let me just backtrack just a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. so so you 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 started to get into you started to realize that the the gifts that you have inside of you that they could be nurtured they could be matured and so you go into um a place of becoming a psychic becoming um and did you do tarot cards too did you do like the whole gamut um i did those a little bit but i mostly just did like clairvoyant readings okay so so you so you did that but you didn't even realize that there was a holy spirit so therefore right <laughs> yeah so therefore the abi- so funny now. <laughs> the ability to hear in the spiritual realm now did they did they teach you that you had to take a spirit inside of you to give you knowledge is that what the cuz I'm just I'm um, curious about this cuz this this really fascinates me no um not at all but and I didn't understand it until I walked away from it how I could hear information about people or how I knew things about people um, because it blurred from the line of being um, born with a gift that God gave me to manipulating um, the psychic system. So what really happens is a familiar spirit will whisper in your ear, um, the, the, and not necessarily, you know, like actually whispering, but you no, begin to listen to that voice. Mm-hmm. And that voice will give you facts about somebody. But what they can't give you and what the opposite that God has is, you know, by my gift that God gives me, I can see God's heart for a person or their heart. So in using the psychic um, gift, it's just factual. There's nothing there um, of a gift uh, you know, in that way. Mm, okay. That's so what... you're listening to a familiar spirit speak to you and tell you things that are obviously true about the person. And the person responds, you know, they're just saying, wow, how can you know that? And then there's some kind of power that you feel because, hey, I know that. Mm. And that person really gets those stars in your eyes, like sometimes people do with people in authority or maybe celebrity type people. That's interesting because I've I've just um, I, I just 
I think it's very interesting how, you know, being raised in the church and and not understanding who Holy Spirit is, and then having these gifts inside of you, and and them starting to kind of you know really showcase themselves, and to then being drawn into a place where your gifts that were placed by God are being used and being misused, and I and I just I think it's it's so much. Um, how do I put this? I guess it's like so much the way of the world that this has happened to so many people, so many innocent people who don't understand because they haven't, they don't truly understand who they are in, in Christ. So you, so you're, you're doing all this stuff and you're, then all of a sudden you start getting, you start to get sick. Did you, after you came through it, did you figure out where the sickness came from? Um, Really, after God opened up my eyes, I began to put the pieces together. But what happens is um, people can just take your energy from you. If you have yourself wide open mm. to the demonic, uh, the dark side, you know, they're going to use you. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. just going to use you. That's their, you know, strategy to kill, steal, and destroy. Um, so they do it in with, you know, a, a, a glittery sugar coating that, you can't tell that's what's happening to you. You know, it, it's funny when I my um, prophetic gifting started to first come like alive. <coughs> excuse me. It was um, people would ask me questions because you know I would know stuff and they would say, "What's going to happen about this?" And I would be like, "Hmm," and I and I would act like I was praying and I really was praying. But and I would hear something <laughs> and I would give them, but it never happened. It never came to pass. And so one day, oh. one day the Lord said to me, He said, "Lisa." I said, yes, Lord. He said, are you a psychic? I said, no, Lord. He said, <laughs> he said then stop acting like one. And I was oh, like, funny. I said, oh my gosh. I said, I, then, oh, then I just like shut down completely. Boom. I said, that's it. I'm not going to tell anybody anything unless I hear it from God. And that's how I am today. Like if God doesn't say oh, it, I'm not really saying funny. it. That's really funny. I thought exactly. You'd, I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so go for it with your, with your son. Oh, so my my son developed schizophrenia, um, and I was in a bad relationship, and um, just everything was colliding, and um, I couldn't have, I did not have control anymore over my own life, and uh, people that I thought were good just turned out not to be, and, and I just couldn't tell which way was up or down, and a lot of um, events happened that just made me really um, feel destroyed as a person once again because I couldn't hit the bottom of the barrel just once. I had to hit it a couple times. Um, But during that time, I remembered, you know, I'd always said, you know, talk to God along the way, but not really deeply. It was sort of like, hi, I know you're still there, but I'm hiding from you. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of my sin. And um, I just hid myself from God as much as I could in my own mind. And then I finally hit the bottom again, and I just started crying. And I got on my knees, and I was like, God, I know you're still there, and I really need you. I need—I said, I I can keep going if you want me to, but I need help. And I I was distraught. I was just miserable seeing what had happened to my son and— um that took me to a new level of hurt. You know, having your own hurts one thing, but having your child 
hurt is another, and developed uh, schizophrenia, which is a severe form of mental illness, was just a huge, huge blow for me. And it just took the wind right out of me. And um, so each night as the, after the kids were quiet and in bed, I would sit outside and I would just cry and I would talk to God. And I, I started saying, I said, God, I need help. I need help if you want me to go on. And then I said, well, I need a helper. And I was praying, and I caught myself saying that, and I'm like, why am I asking for a helper? I don't even know why I'm saying that. And I told God, I said, I definitely don't need a husband. I've already had that several times, and that didn't work out very well. So it's not that. I said, I don't know what I'm asking you. And it was all through tears that I was doing that. Well, then I had a girlfriend during this time, and she and I met for coffee, and she said, Mitzi, there's somebody I want you to meet. And I said, no, I, I really don't want to do that. But she convinced me, and she wouldn't leave me alone about it um, after a couple months. And I said, okay, I will meet him if, you, if you'll just leave me alone about it. And she said, okay. So she introduced me to who is now my husband, Scott, although we talked on a computer for about three months before we, we actually even spoke on the phone or met each other. And so life began to take a change, but, but during those um, few months, I was still praying to God, and I, I had walked away from all the people and activities I was involved in, so all the psychic stuff had come to an end, and I was just sitting by myself being quiet and still with God, but still not knowing what to do. And um, so Scott and I, uh, we met. And immediately we did both like each other. And um, Scott was, it was kind of funny because the first time I visited him in his home, he had a Bible sitting out on top of a counter. And I just walked straight over to it and I said, what do you believe about this? What What do you believe this says to us? That was the first thing we said. I mean, we really didn't talk about... Um, our lives or the typical things when you date. I was just fascinated with the Bible. Like, here's somebody that maybe can have some answers for me. So we began to uh, meet and we would talk about the Bible. <laughs> and, um, but my life was still a mess as far as um, Scott could see on the outside because my children were a bit out of control. My home life was pretty difficult. Um, he came over to visit at my house. <laughs> And instead of seeing a Bible, um, my son, who has the schizophrenia, called the police on Scott being in my house because he said he was um, a mobster and he had infiltrated our home <laughs> because my son has paranoid schizophrenia. So um, wow. Scott got the complete opposite effect of what I was getting from him. Wow. That, that's very that's interesting so because, um, you know, to... To have such a difference, <laughs> you know, to no, go to his, the, well, I, the, the, this is the, the very, this is the, the awesome part of, of God because he brought you to a home of a man who had a Bible, like sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously? Come on now. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> how many guys did you date that you're like, yeah, there ain't no Bible on that table. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever seen one in anybody else's house. Just like it was, you know, of course it was the Holy Spirit working with me, but the sure. Bible was like glowing, you know, I could not walk past it. <laughs> so, um, so we had a, um, we, we briefly dated 
it wasn't anything um, big and exciting because Scott was very hesitant with me. But he would go home after we would get together and we would talk, and he would get on his knees and he would say, God, you, I believe you're telling me that you picked this woman out for me. He said, but you've made a mistake. This cannot be. So he would just each time go home and, just, and he would hear God say to him, but this is who I've picked for you. And so um, he broke a date with me, and I could tell something was really wrong. And so I, the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know at the time that's what it was, but there was a strong urge, and it was a Saturday morning. It was like, go to Scott's house and be there at 10. And I was like, I don't even want to do that. But I did because the pressure was just so overpowering. And when I went there, um, Scott was really surprised to see me, and um we visited a little bit, and then I said to him, I said, Scott, can we just can we just pray together? And I'd never asked anybody that before. <laughs> I'd even never even prayed with anybody before, I don't think. And, you know, and it just seemed really funny that I did that. But um, so we got on our knees to pray, and I really humbled myself. And I just said, God, I said, you know, Scott seems like such a good man. I said, but um, I've hurt so many people in my life. I don't want to hurt him. And um, my life just is not, it's not right yet. And um, he needs a good Christian woman. And so what happened was, that's when God filled me with his Holy Spirit. And I just fell over in the floor like a boat of electricity hit me. And um, I just started shaking and crying. And I just had this whole experience that was just mind, body, and soul, something you know, God just completely revamped me right there. He just did a download into me. That was huge. And so I'm on the floor, and I'm crying, and I'm shaking, and Scott starts laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you laughing at? When I could finally talk, because I couldn't talk for a, a while. Right. And he said, God's giving you his Holy Spirit. And I said, the Holy who? Because I didn't know. <laughs> so he explained to me what the Holy Spirit was, and he said, he's a helper. And I was like, that's that word I've been saying, the helper. And I said, he gave me the helper? And he's like, yeah. So I was just, I was on cloud nine because I knew God heard me. and He still loved me. And he answered my prayer. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and, the, and so Scott understood the Holy Spirit. So he wasn't just a Bible thumper. I don't mean to right. be disrespectful, but but I'm like, he, you know, he didn't just know the Bible. Like he he right. he lived he, the Bible. He listened to him. Yeah. yeah. And and so one of the first questions I asked God was like, how do you how does God talk to you? How do you hear him? I was fascinated because he he told me the story about he would come home and pray and say, God, I don't think she's the one, and he would hear God say, she's the one I chose for you to be your wife. I said, how can you hear that? And he said, it's in my heart. I hear him in my heart. And I was so excited because I was like, you know, that was a whole new level of God for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is just going to go somewhere now. Mm -hmm. And did you put the two and two together that you used to hear? And then now you can actually hear from God, because if you could hear from other things, you should be able to hear from God. I did. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was just a huge, um, huge eye opener for me. That's yeah. that is so awesome. Okay, so so now you're filled on the floor with the Holy Spirit, and Scott's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of picture this. 
Yeah, it was funny. It really was. <laughs> okay. And then after, so after he's done laughing and you've composed yourself because after being hit with the Holy Spirit, for those who have never been hit with the Holy Spirit, just to give you a brief analysis, take your finger, stick it into an electric socket. <laughs> and, and just see what happens. And when you when you finish, start shaking, and you and you're yeah. able to start thinking again. Um, that's pretty much what it's like when the electricity of God hits you. It's seriously like it's seriously like putting your finger in an electric shock, um, a socket, and just getting zapped because it totally. Except sh- it feels really good. It feels fabulous, <laughs> and the yeah. and the part is there's a, there's something that when when you go down. It's being called slain in the spirit. And one of the things about when you go down, you can't move for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Nothing. Not a finger, not a toe. Like you just lay there and you feel like you have this mm-hmm. big, heavy blanket sitting on top of you. But there's absolutely no fear. It's like the quietest feeling of just peace. Peaceful. Yep. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. beautiful. Okay, so now you've composed yourself. <laughs> and, yeah, so and, you know what I did? I, I When I got all composed, which took about an hour at least, mm-hmm. um, I left. <laughs> I said, I have to go home. <laughs> I said, I have to think about this. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. But I was, it was like, I w- everything came, everything aligned inside of me, and I had so much peace for the first time, maybe in my whole life. And so I came home, and I immediately got out my Bible, and I just immersed myself in the Bible because everything I saw it through new eyes. I saw the words through new eyes. It took on a whole new dimension. And um, so Scott called me. He, he waited a couple days, and he called me. And he said, well, you know, that's really exciting what God did for you and everything. I'm like, yeah, that was really big. And he said, well, when are we going to go out again? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, I have to read the Bible. I'm talking to God now. (laughs) (laughs) And I really just put him off. And, you know, I just thought it was so funny and looking back because he was telling God I wasn't the one. Right. (laughs) Because I wasn't a Christian and God just took care of that. And then I was saying, Scott, leave me alone. (laughs) Right. Because all you wanted was, all you wanted was him. You wanted God. Yeah. More of daddy. I was just Mm -hmm. so in love with him. Mm -hmm. Because he's a good father and he takes away all that hurt and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. It really was. It really changed me. I I became a different person. Well, and that's, that's the interesting thing is that when you truly get when what I always say is if you have a God encounter, a true God encounter, you can never be the same again. You just can't be. Yeah, everything right. changes because he totally has touched agree. you and you can't go back to same old, same old. Everything changes, even what you what you're excited to do, like what you were excited to do was to read the Bible because you just wanted to get to know him more. You wanted to understand mm-hmm. this more. And there was this hunger inside of you that was like, feed me, feed me, feed me. And so you're mm-hmm. devouring the Bible in such a different way. But it's because because he touched you. And I think mm-hmm. that's what more people need is a touch is to be touched by God, is to be, I have so an encounter. Agree. Because then, you know, look, you can go to church. You were going to church for how many years? And you right. did, and, <laughs> and it wasn't doing anything. No, and he did it 
when I didn't even know it could happen, and he did it in the most unusual way. And he did it in now, front there of wasn't Scott. A, there wasn't a pastor. There wasn't a minister. There wasn't right. an official. You know, it was just me being humble and Scott taking a risk with hearing God tell him what to do. And, and um, yeah, and, you know, what was really awesome was that through all that I had done through those years in walking away from God, he was right there with me the whole time, and and he just was so excited to do this for me, to give me the ability to have the power to change my life through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so yeah. after, so so now you're dating Jesus, <laughs> yeah. and, and Holy Spirit's coming along to chaperone. Okay, so you're like, you're in this love fest with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm, and poor Scott's mm-hmm. on the sideline going, okay, now God, I... I thought she wasn't the one, but then when you shocked her in my living room and filled her with your presence and the Holy Spirit came upon her and now she's speaking in tongues and, oh, did, wait, mm-hmm. did you start speaking in tongues that day? I should have asked. Uh, no, not that day I okay. didn't because I okay. didn't even know about that. Oh, okay. So <laughs> what happened was I woke up singing in them one morning. Oh. That's how it happened for me, so... So nobody touched you, nobody laid hands on you, but, no. but you were so, see, see that there are some people, okay, so I've laid hands on people to receive the gift of, of speaking in tongues and, you know, you and I have even done it over the phone, but mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, because, you know, God, you know, he doesn't need to be, you don't need to put your hands on somebody. I think when, when you and I were doing it, what was so cool is I said, well, Lord, I can't, I can't touch this person. And the Lord said, that's okay. <laughs> I have somebody for you. <laughs> And so that, that was, that's so cool that, that God can use different people and and we can be his hands and his feet. And so, so you wake up singing, oh, you start singing a new song. (laughs) Yeah, it was something really strange. Mm -hmm. And I, Scott had told me about speaking in tongues because of course he was kind of waiting on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and I was real afraid of that because, you know, I'd been taught that was like the devil kind of stuff. So, and especially after um, I, what you went through, you were like, oh, dude, yeah, I'm not going I back was, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was really afraid of it. But um, I just prayed and I was like, God, if you want me to do that, I said, you're going to have to help me because I just, you know, I don't know about this. And then I just woke up singing this funny song one morning. I was like, God, is that it? And I just <laughs> kept going and it took off from there. So Now, I, I do have to ask you, Mitzi, did... Okay, so after you had this this God encounter and you were starting to spend time, were you starting to hear him? Did you immediately start hearing him? Or did that also take time for you to start to understand? It did take. It Mm -hmm. did take time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it took time for me to put it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, He started doing big things for me, like... um, I mean, I just, I was chasing him like crazy, so I would go to every church service, and I, in fact, I probably visited every church in a 200-mile radius, you know, it just was five <laughs> uh-huh. days a week. I was putting myself, I was immersed in it, just looking to see what was out there and what it all meant, mm-hmm. um, but it did take me a while before I began to understand how to hear him. Okay, so, but you knew, but, so when you first realized that you were hearing from him, like what did it, was it similar to like when you were knowing things as when you were 
you know, kind of playing the psychic for a while? Was it that same thing or was it completely different? Because I think this is this I is think one it's of those, very similar. Yeah. See, this is one of those questions that people say, well, how do I know if it's God? Like, did mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. what was the feeling that you had when you were when you were um, getting word of knowledge versus when you were actually hearing from the father? I think um, when I hear from God, there's there's more peace attached to it. And it's like deep in me. I just have a knowing that it's it's like I don't um, have any fear or reservation. I just know it's going to happen mm-hmm. or I know that's how it is. It's like something deep inside of me. It's like it's a, it's already done. I know that. <laughs> and then um, it's, it's a confidence, I guess, too. And, you know. Because you, you've you gone, you, you went both ways. And so it starts to, you know, because I think when you first start to hear God, you start to say, okay, was that me? That's, that's where it starts is, okay, is that me? Wait, I, I don't, yeah. I don't say words like thrust. Okay. That, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe, oh, maybe it's the enemy. Okay. So then, then you uh-huh. have to discern and, you know, and I think that sometimes people make it so complicated that it can make uh-huh. you scary. Like, you know, there have been people who've said, oh, you have to be so careful. You have to discern the spirits. You have to this, you have to do that. <laughs> so I, I was spending uh-huh. time, like sometimes rebuking, you know, the Holy Spirit. And I was like, this isn't, <laughs> if this isn't God, I rebuke you in Jesus name. Mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. like, still, I've done that too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, still here. You can't rebuke me, Lisa. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot, it's you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, because we can get ourselves in into this, into, I almost call it like the fear factor that we're so afraid we're mm-hmm. going to miss. We're not going to hear correctly. But I believe that God is so big that if we're starting to hear something, I think that, especially if we're believing that it's God, I believe he's going to take us back down that path to say, whoa, 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 this isn't, you need to listen. This isn't me. And I also love the fact that he'll always say he will confirm his word. So you always can uh-huh. look for that, that confirmation. Okay, so uh-huh. let's go back to you're now filled with the Holy Spirit. You're now, <laughs> you are now singing in tongues and uh-huh. you are hearing God's voice. Correct? Right. And um, so Scott and I, we we dated um, probably about eight months or so, and we got married. And um, so life just kind of moved on from there. Mm -hmm. Um, With us working a lot with the children, and we have five children between us. And, um, of course, none of them were young. I mean, we're not young ourselves. So um, they were all, you know, past 18, but they all had... um, a lot of needs, and we spent a lot of, really, we've been together six years now, uh, married five and a half, and we have spent all those years working with our children and building our relationships to really strong ones. But in the middle of that, we were really curious about um, God, and Scott started watching some of Darren Wilson's movies. Uh, um, you are now speaking my so language. Like the, <laughs> yeah, The Finger of God yep. and Father of Light mm-hmm. and... And uh, I don't remember which movie it was, but the one with people that had gold teeth. And, yes, that um, was Finger of God. So, yeah, so Scott um, told God he didn't believe that was real. He said, I just, you know, I know you can do anything, but why would you do something like that? And I just, I can't believe that. Well, so what happened was the next day I got a gold tooth. <laughs> <gasps> 
Oh, that's so good. Oh, he's so funny, Mitzi. He is. So, I, know. I just love him so much. I just love him so much. I really do. He is so funny. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I was sitting at work and my gum started hurting. Uh-huh. And I was like, why is my gum hurting? What's going on? But I was really busy that day, so I just ignored it. Uh-huh. Well, when I got in the car to drive home, it was hurting really bad, so I was at a red light, and I said, well, you know, I'll take a look in the rearview mirror, and I mm-hmm. looked, and it was shiny, real shiny. Oh, my gosh. And the sun was kind of shining in, and it was like, you know, bling like a commercial. <laughs> I was like, what Oh, my that? gosh. So that's... I kept looking at it, and I started shaking, you know, like you do sometimes sure. with the Holy Spirit. I started shaking. And so I called Scott, and I was like, Scott, I said, you have to get home from work because I don't understand what's going on, but I have a gold tooth all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so he came home, and when he looked at it, he was like, I cannot believe this happened. Oh my and he gosh. had like a, 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 a sound to his voice that was like he knew something I didn't know. Right. And I was still shaking a whole lot. And he goes, I told God I didn't believe that could happen. <gasps> and he gave you a gold tooth. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, going back to some of the Darren Wilson, because I love mm-hmm. Darren Wilson. I, I actually, I met him um, and I was so excited to meet him. And I said, I can't wait till the day that we work together. <laughs> and then I said, don't oh. be afraid. I said, don't be afraid. <laughs> so, so, because I truly believe, I truly believe that there will be a day that I get to, to do something with Darren Wilson. I, I'm oh, prophesying that right now. Because there is, he he is such a visionary. But now, it, it, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I mm. believe that you mentioned something about doing something with Darren Wilson. Is that correct? Um, that is correct. Okay. Um, so Scott, because he watched those movies, mm-hmm. um, and he was fascinated with it, mm-hmm. um, when he was getting ready to film Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. um, he had an opportunity you could travel with him, you know, for a donation amount. And so I made that happen for Scott uh, and I, and we went to Brazil with him when he filmed for um, Holy Ghost movie. Now the, now the part of, I'm trying to remember in the Brazil part was that wasn't, was that when he went to go find the witch doctor? Um, no, I think that might have, I can't or was remember that with what the movie boat? that was in. Was that, a, was that with sorry. the boat? I'm trying to remember. Well, what part were you featured? Were you put in, not featured, but were you in the movie? Did you see <laughs> yourselves in the movie? Um, we're in some small places. Okay. Um, Brazil didn't become a, a big part. I think he's actually still working on some of that footage. Um, but Randy Clark was there doing a healing crusade. Okay. And um, so we got to be a really big part of of what they were doing there. That was just amazing to see. And also with yeah, it was Heidi, a lot of fun. And and Heidi Baker, I think, was there too. I think that's what correct? Was Heidi um, Baker there? I don't I don't think she was there that time. Oh okay. When we were there. Okay. So you were with Rand there, there were a lot of people there though. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure for Darren's films. So do you think that they used it for Holy Ghost Two? I never saw Holy Ghost Two. That's the only one I haven't seen. Was Holy Ghost too. Um, there are more parts of it in Holy Ghost too. Yes. Okay. I'll have to watch Holy uh-huh. Ghost too. I'm going to be looking for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but how yeah. cool is that? Was he like blown away that you did that, Scott? Oh, Scott was. He was so excited. You know, Scott grew up in the country here in Kentucky. So he was like, he had never been out of the country and he was just like really excited. So, so we had a, a blast. But, you know, I'll tell you how much God listens to us. And how quickly sometimes he'll respond. 
um, for me. So I was on the plane. We loaded up to come home. And for some reason, my expectation of what it was going to be like there just wasn't met. And I don't really know why because I don't know what I expected. But I had some kind of, I, I think I expected God to, like, show up or something and talk to me. I don't know. There was. I just wanted a deeper encounter with him. And as you know, once you've had one, you just keep wanting more and more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was writing in my little journal, and I was like, God, I don't understand. I said, I really thought you were going to meet me in a bigger way there. And, you know, I'm just. I'm just kind of disappointed. And I just said all that in my journal, and I just shut it and went to sleep. It was an all-night flight to get back home. So we landed in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my eyes were barely open because I woke up when we landed, and Scott went to get a cup of coffee. And this lady walks over to me, and she was from Brazil, where I'd been for two weeks, and we're in Charlotte, North Carolina Airport. And she said, let me see your gold tooth. And I looked around to see who set me up. You know, yeah. I was like, who's doing this to me? And she goes, do you have a gold tooth? And I said, uh, I do. And she said, can I see it? And I was like, okay. So I showed her. And then she grabbed both my hands. And she just held them. And she said, Missy, she said, my name is Rose. And I'm from Brazil. And I said, that's strange. My middle name is Rose. It's Missy Rose. And she said, well, I have a message for you from God. She said, I'm going to prophesy to you. And she talked to me for at least 45 minutes. It may have been a whole hour. She just spoke into my life right there. And just she said, God told me to find the lady with the gold tooth and to give her this message. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Missy, I have to tell you, first of all, my daughter's middle name is Rose. Oh, it it's is. such a pretty name. It is, Samantha <laughs> Rose. And... And it was funny because God gave me that name and I heard that name, Samantha Rose. I heard it as clear Aww. as day while lying in my bed, but I didn't know. And, and I knew that God gave me the name, you know, because I, and this is before getting filled with the Holy Spirit. This is before I spoke in tongues. He always spoke mm-hmm. to me. But um, when you, when you said the story, um, I literally just got chills and I, and I, I, I actually have tears because he what I what I really really saw like I could actually see what was happening is that this woman just started to she she was your she was your Samuel she came and she was able to tell you your she was giving you your destiny she was your Samuel yeah she told me a really sweet story she said um she said Jesus wants you to know that your shoes are ready And I said, my shoes are ready? I said, what does that mean? She said, do you know who makes your shoes? Mm. And I said, no, I I don't have any idea. And she said, Mary makes everybody's shoes. She said, and when your shoes are ready, she said, you get a different set of shoes every time he has a job for you to do. (gasps) And he he clothes you in a new outfit for each assignment he has for you so spiritually you're clothed in a whole new outfit that he's designed that people have worked on and it's all in the spirit realm you know and your shoes and uh, she said your shoes are ready it's time to step into them and you know she told me a whole lot of other things but that was just like the really sweet thing that um she told me so okay so that's happening for everybody well i'm (laughs) going to tell you a dream that i had and I dreamt that I came into my living room and in my living I'm going to cry in my living room were all these clothes. It was like it was a store and it was 
filled with clothing and it was all new clothing. <laughs> and I've had yeah. dreams. And in my dreams, I always see my shoes. I always oh. see my shoes in every, when I'm like, when I know it's a God dream, I always see my shoes. Except for the one time I was jumping on water, I was barefoot. <laughs> and I was in heaven. <laughs> well, that's how many assignments you have, you know. It's just, he's going to keep you busy with all those clothes and shoes. It wasn't, well, the funny thing is, is now I work, I was working in cosmetics at the time, but now I actually work in a, a, a clothing store. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all these, beautiful, all these beautiful clothes. But I remember that he, that I walked into my, into my living room and my living room was completely empty and it was filled with racks and racks of clothing. And I knew that they were mine. <laughs> so when you said that, but so the, and, and I also had this dream, um, that, um, that I saw this parade of these people pulling these like carts and it, inside of the carts were all these shoes and in each hmm. compartment was a different pair of shoes. I saw all different types of shoes. And I thought it represented people. But what you just said, that's very interesting. That kind of takes things into a whole new understanding. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. wow. Wow. Well, I was, I, I've just gotten the gift. <laughs> because <laughs> that's really, that's so cool. That's really cool. And have you actually seen some of the things that this woman, you know, spoke about have you started to see some of these things manifest? Um, well, she she really opened up my eyes to the the spirit world again, um, in the sense that when after God filled me with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> he and I had a, a deep conversation on my part. Of I, I was like, God, you know, I know there's power, and I used it the wrong way. I said, but I don't, I know it's real, and I I just don't know what to do with the power that I know is out there. You know, I didn't know if I was supposed to have any, how that was supposed to work. Of course, now I do, you know, I understand. But um, I just told him, I said, I'm going to lay that down, and if you want me to use it again, I'm going to go at your leading. I'm just not going to do anything at all unless you lead me. Well, she started to explain to me about the angels and how they assist you and and she opened up my mind to the spirit world again in the positive direction of in the kingdom realm. And um, so she told me a lot of things about that that were really cool. Wow. That, that's yeah. amazing. I just, I just think it's so great that she made you open your mouth and I poured. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you were willing to that do it. A, yeah. That, well, for somebody, a stranger to come up yeah. and... And say you have a go-to, that was like, I have to show her somebody else. That's I don't know. So that was funny. really odd. That's very that God answered that. Um, he read that little journal with me, and he was like, I'm going to fix that for her. <laughs> oh, see, now that's one of the things that somebody started to talk to me about. They talked about journaling. And what they said is that if you journal with God, what you do is you ask him a question or you say something that you're kind of confused about. And the first thing that you stood without thinking, whatever you just start mm-hmm. writing, whatever just starts coming out. You don't think about it. You just start writing it. And God will actually start to talk to you through that. And then you give that to somebody who you know or you believe hears from God and you get two or three people to read it if you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to get the confirmation, whether it's you, whether it's the enemy oh, or whether it's, um, 
whether it's it's the father who's giving it to you. And it's interesting. So the first time I did, it, I was like, all right, what do I ask? <laughs> what do I ask? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just started to write. I just I didn't even think about well, what am I going to ask? I'm just going to start writing. And so I just started to write and I, I did the responses and I was like, OK, so I sent it. And it was it was very interesting because um, it, it's one thing, I think, to hear from the father. Or, and, and then you can sit there and, and you'll try to dissect, well, was that me? Was that God? You know, um, but once you get a concrete confirmation from two or three witnesses, no, 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 that, that was him. Then the realization of what you heard sits and you go, oh my gosh, this is really going to mm-hmm. happen. Like if you come into mm. agreement with it, it's like, oh my, like, oh my gosh, like this, this is real. Mm-hmm. You start framing it up, and then it comes yeah. into the physical world and manifests. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, <laughs> but that realization, like, oh, my. <laughs> Wait mm-hmm. a second. Like you just said, I got lots of clothes to wear. <laughs> that means that there's a lot of assignments. So when you get That's that right. reality, you go, holy moly. So, And I love the fact that she talked about Mary, because not a lot of people talk about Mary. I know. And, um, yeah, that really surprised me, really mm-hmm. surprised me. It, but it's it really endeared my heart to him in a, in a new, deeper way, too. Um, I don't know how much time we have, but I have another story. Absolutely. Of, uh, Go ahead. Something he did. Um, well, Scott bought me a pair of pearl earrings for my birthday. And he calls me his pearl. That's his Aww. cute little name for me. Uh-huh. But so I, I put those earrings on and it's in the winter times, my birthday. And I put my toboggan on and I took my walk in the evening. And um, when I came back, when I took my hat off, I noticed one of my earrings was missing. And I was really upset because it meant a lot to both of us and everything. And so I just prayed and I said, God, I said, I was so careful with those earrings. I said, I know I did not lose that earring. I said, I want it back. I want my earring back. I said, I'm just, I'm upset. I need my earring back. I said, I know it's out there somewhere, so lead me to it. So I walked, I retraced all my steps, and I didn't find it, and I went to bed. And the next day, I saw a pearl earring on the um, bathroom counter. And so I went to Scott, and I said, that's so cool. You found my earring. And he goes, I didn't find your earring. I said, well, well, how did that get there? And he said, I don't know. And then here's the fun part. I started finding pearl earrings everywhere <gasps> on this pair on my desk. I would find one in my purse. I started finding all kinds of pearl earrings. Okay, so, so I have how many, many sets of pearl earrings? How many sets do you have? <laughs> um, I probably have, let's see, I probably found like 12 earrings. So I guess six sets. Six yeah. sets? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. And I asked for. Um, I asked for um, to be, you know, repaid for my trouble and everything, so they started appearing. And I and I wanted to put that in because, um, you know, we are allowed to claim those kind of things, and they do happen. And I have one more quick one. Um, Scott lost his wedding band, and um, it was like two days later. We still hadn't found it, and, of course, we had prayed about it, and he did the same thing. He was like, I want my wedding ring back. He said, please, you know, just I want it back. And so he was out in the yard, and he was doing some work, and um, I could see he was just upset. And I just went over to him, and we held hands, and I, we were standing, like, face-to-face. And I said, Scott, it's going to be okay. I know God's going to give you a ring back. We're going to find it. And right then, something flew between us real fast. And we were standing on our sidewalk, and it started spinning round and round and round. 
And I says, God, what was that? And he took his foot and he took his toe and tapped it down. And it was his wedding ring. <gasps> oh, my god! Flew gosh. between us and was spinning faster than anything I've ever saw. And that was his ring. Oh, my goodness. See, that is when you ask angels to come and assist you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first thing I said. I said, mm-hmm. come get your ring. I said, and an angel was right here. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's my, um, I was at my uh, girlfriend's house over the summer. And her uh, sister lost a, a ring. She lost a little toe ring. And she loved this little toe ring. I don't, you know, she said, it's not expensive, but I just love it. And I, I said to oh, her, I said, I well, you know what, Jackie? You just just ask God. Say, say, send your angels to help me find it. And so, mm-hmm. she, so she did. She said, okay. She said, okay, Lord, I'm asking you to send your angels to help me find it. And so we're retracing her, her steps and everything. And all of a sudden, she's like... Something just told me, go pick up that. Th- and she picked up, they were playing um, the Frisbee dunk, dunking game. It's a can jam. So, <laughs> and she picked up the, the Frisbee dunking game. And sure enough, there's her ring. She's like, I hear her going, ah! And she said, (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. And she said, Lisa, I did what you told me to do. And she goes, And the angels helped me find it. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Because, you know, know. I love it when they do that. (laughs) And that's, that's what, you know, that's what they're here to do. They're here to help us. And it's, and I've shared this before, but, you know, the thing about asking an angel to help you into your destiny, well, it's God's will for you to Mm -hmm. live out your destiny. So if you ask for assistance, Mm -hmm. From angelic helpers, you're giving them permission because otherwise, the angels that you have around you, because everybody has angels, not if you are a child of the Most High God, you have an angel that stands next to you. So you can ask your angel to go and do it. And some people have more angels than others, but that's just because they have more stuff to do. <laughs> but if mm-hmm, you start mm-hmm. doing little stuff, guess what? If you start doing little stuff, more stuff's going to be added to what you're doing and God will start sending those angels to help with your with your destiny. So I think that's super cool, but I think that the stories Mitzi that you've been sharing are just they are so shareworthy. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you let me tell them to everybody. Absolutely. You know, I just I do want people to have hope and and to believe because God just, you can't limit him. He will do anything for you. Yes. And look at what he did. He was able to, to change Scott's mind right in front of him. <laughs> I want a yeah, spirit filled totally. believer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> let me just bring her to, let me bring her back to your house, <laughs> you know, and just, and even how, and, and how beautiful that even when you were going through what you went through and, and, what you felt as walking away, you know, God was always walking with you, even in the midst of, of doing. Absolutely. Yeah. He does. He sure was. I yeah. can really see that. Yeah. Because, you know, he probably protected you from stuff too. He did. <laughs> he did. He, he probably did. really, cause you know, when you start to, to, to deal with stuff, you know, people will always mm-hmm. want to, to give you more and see and mm-hmm. tempt you, you know, because um, there was a woman who, after I laid hands on her, she said, uh, I've never felt power like that. And she goes, um, I do Reiki, and I'm a Reiki master, and I would like to teach you Reiki. And I looked at her, and I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, I'm a vessel of, I said, I'm just a vessel, and God uses me, and, and he'll use you too if you want to. And I said, and, and God doesn't need to know Reiki. 
(laughs) (laughs) And that was it. Like, that's it. It, It's just like, you know, if you say to us, if a psychic says, here, I can introduce you to a spirit that's going to give you more knowledge. No, no, no. I have Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit gives me plenty of knowledge. I'm good. Thank you. (laughs) You Yeah, I I get a I get a lot of joy out of thinking about um, what I did before and that all that just shrinks. In the mm. presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is just so amazing. Absolutely. And, but you so know amazing. what? If you didn't go through some of the things that you went through, then you wouldn't have had such a hunger to find God. Mm, you wouldn't have had such a true. hunger to be changed. You wouldn't have had, had that submission in your spirit to just lay yourself down and say, no more me. I'm ready for whatever you have for mm. me, God. You know, yeah, I totally agree. And, um, you know, yours was in the living room. Of, of Scott's house and mine was in the bedroom of my closet, you know, but it, it, it was the same surrender. It was the same mm-hmm. surrender that God just comes in and just swoops. And so if you guys are listening and if you want to just let go of your stuff, to stop handling your stuff yourself, to, as Mitzi so beautifully put it, you know, to ask for the helper to come because the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is a wonderful helper and he will guide you and he will transform you and he will show you and love you and teach you. And he's the only teacher you need. I mean, that's the beauty of, of who the, who Holy Spirit is. And so if you're in this place, just All you have to do is just ask God, say, Lord, just send me Holy Spirit. Just send the Holy Spirit to me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I guarantee your life will never be the same. So Mitzi, I want to thank you so much for coming. But I do want to say one more thing that I would really, really like both you and Scott to come back on my show because you are such a joy. So we're just going to have to work on Scott a little bit, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I think I think he'll be happy too. I would love to have him because I love Scott. I think he's awesome. And I think you guys are awesome. And I'm super excited because I, I see your book coming and I see so much more coming for you guys. I just see engagements, speaking engagements. I just see things that people are going to start coming around you and are going to start asking more and more questions. And I just, I just see that this is going to be your season, your season, both you and Scott to go out and to do what you guys have always wanted to do and that is to proclaim the word of god and to show it with signs wonders and miracles that's right awesome i'm excited i'm excited (laughs) too (laughs) well thank you so much for for sharing some time and and god bless Mm -hmm. you as um in in your new place i just want to speak blessings 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 over your your place over your home and and in everything that you're doing i know this is um this has been a very transitional kind of week and i appreciate you taking time out to to call in Mm, thank you lisa (laughs) thank you i hope you guys have been blessed by this and you know you can always just send an email i'll make sure that it gets to mitzi because one day very very soon she's going to have her own website and you'll be able to just send it to her (laughs) yourself (laughs) so i thank you guys for listening i hope you guys have been blessed just remember to go out and touch someone good night